You are now listening to the London International Christian Church Podcast. feel the spirit this morning. I hope you feel this afternoon. I hope you feel encouraged already just by seeing each other and uh, also just hearing about the men this morning helped my heart just go wow God is really really working and he really wants us to get the message today that we can be transformed that the the gift of transformation and change really comes through Jesus Christ and if you're a baptized disciple that gift is yours. And I pray that you really grasp that today. I'm really, really excited to be here. I thank all of the sisters that came from afar. I know Jen mentioned that, but it really is so amazing to see that we are going to evangelize Europe because we have willing hearts, sisters, just like you and me, from all around Europe that want to do God's will. That just is amazing. That's amazing to me. Thank you, Amsterdam sisters. Thank you. Those Parisian sisters, and thank you, Megan and Jake, who came here to not only be encouraged but to encourage us. It really gives us a global vision to remember that we're here to evangelize the world. Yeah. I'm really, really grateful to speak today. Um, I do love speaking. Um, there's always that anticipation of, oh, am I going to do well? And I, you know, worry about self. But God has a message today, and right. it's what's so amazing about preaching is that you also get preached to by the word. So everything that I'm going to share with you today has been taught to my heart and things that I'm learning. But before I go, I do want to just thank the sisters last night who got to speak. Uh, we got Maria, Kia, Jen, and Jeanette. I just want to give them a round of applause because I really felt that their lessons and, and how they shared the humility, but also the excellence of their sharing. We can see that these women are being transformed. And I truly believe it comes through discipling from God and from each other. As I speak, turn with me to Ephesians 4, 11 through 13. But transforming, transformation through discipling is the message today. And if we look up the Oxford Dictionary and define what does it really mean to trans, to trans what, is, what does the word transformation mean? The definition is a marked change in form, nature, or appearance. Synonyms of transformation include change, we understand that, alteration, modification, variation, transfiguration, we've heard that word before in the Bible, conversion, and metamorphosis. When we study the Bible, we know and we've seen ourselves as we study the Bible with many women that they are converted and transformed. That we see a metamorphosis, even in our own lives, of an ugly caterpillar, an ugly woman of the world, hearts full of lust and greed and selfishness and pride. And the process of transformation through the washing of the word transforms us into women, butterflies, to spread his message around the world. And each time a butterfly touches a flower, it pollinates, doesn't it? It's able to pollinate the world and I really see that as an incredible symbolism of the process of transformation and one of our dear sisters Kenny I, you know, interchangeably changes her Facebook picture page of that, of that incredible metamorphosis of the butterfly and it's, it's really neat because she is aware 
she is aware. I know maybe at times she puts that on to remind herself. I don't know, I'm talk to her. But I know that's, that's my heart when I put pictures up or I put different um, sayings up to remind myself of the truth that God can transform me. Don't forget that, Kenny, saying to herself, because the mind can be deceived. And this is what I'm going to talk about some today. So as we turn to Ephesians 4, are we all there? Yes. yes. Amen. We're going to read in verse 11. And if you listen, this, is, this translation is the English Standard Version. It's a little bit different because I like the way that it speaks and it helped me see it a little bit differently. But follow along in your Bibles. Verse 11. The Bible says, And in he gave the apostles, i.e. God gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints, that's you guys, that's me, for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature sisterhood, to the measure of the fullness of Christ. Here the Bible says that we, I am speaking here today to equip you guys for work of the ministry. We're all in the ministry together. When we are baptized, we are now ministers of reconciliation, the Bible talks about. And that in order for your te- I am teaching you today to equip you guys to build up the body of Christ. That is to add more and more women and men to the kingdom of God. And not only that, but also to achieve what? Maturity. That butterfly needs to be, that caterpillar doesn't become a caterpillar overnight. It's a, they are becoming mature in order to be the beautiful creation that God created us to be. And that is the job of, of me, but it's the job of a discipling relationship. That's right. Discipling is a, is a form that we use to bring each other to the maturity of Christ, to see more of Christ reflected in us. We're not trying to be more like our discipler, although there may be traits that we need to imitate. And imitation is one of the best ways to learn. Babies are created to imitate. My daughter imitates everything I say, everything I do, my mannerisms. Because that's the way children learn. That's the way we learn. And God says, follow my example as I follow Christ. And that is the goal of discipling. A.K.A. Matthew 28 says we we are taught to obey everything. That is bringing us to maturity. We understand that. And my first point today, I have three points. My first point is mind changer. Mind changer. You know, the only thing that can transform our mind or our heart is God and his word. Laws don't change us, do they? We wouldn't have prisons, would we, if laws worked, right? There are prisons full of men and women that tried to obey. And maybe they didn't. And they're in in there because they do not have God. Now many come to God after the humbling of being in prison. But only God and his word can change our minds and our hearts. You know, time and again, we see when we're in studies, and that's why studies are so important for us to be a part of, as part of our maturity, as part of us maturing in Christ, is just like Kenny, reminding herself of the process and the promise of metamorphosis of transformation being in bible studies helps us see the power of this truth 
that only God and his scriptures changes people, changes murderers to become preachers, to become myself. Women that murdered children in their womb can become ministers of God's word today. Thieves, women that were proud, violent, women that were prostitutes, women that were strippers, women that were goody two-shoes but had a secret life, women that maybe did everything right but were full of pride and selfishness and conceit. The Bible was able to change you and I. And that's what's so amazing. And where did it start? Did it start just from a relationship with a godly disciple? No. It was, we need to study the Bible. We need to get in God's word. That's the only thing that can help you. That's the only thing that can change our minds, our thinking. In second, um, excuse me, in Ephesians, the Bible describes the mind of man. Ephesians 4 and 5. We are darkened in our understanding. The Bible says, when we are not Christians, we are darkened in the way we think. It says that our thinking is what? Is futile. The definition of futile? Incapable of producing any useful result. Pointless. That is the mind of a pagan. That is the mind of us without Christ. Do you believe that, sisters? Do you believe that your thinking is pointless and useless? I truly believe that the key to transformation is understanding that fact and surrendering that fact that there is nothing in your mind that is useful. Come on. Only the mind of Christ will be useful to your soul and to your life. And you need to make that decision. There's anything in your mind that's hanging on to your old belief system, your pride of thinking you know better. You've got to submit that and cut it off because it will destroy you. In Jeremiah 17, 9, the Bible says our hearts are deceived. They're sick. Our hearts are sick. We need God's word to cure us. Our minds have been warped by our past, by our parents, by our education, by the world. And as I said, by the inclinations of our own hearts, but the Bible says are deceived. We need God's word. In 2 Corinthians 11.3, turn there with me. But um, I was speaking with Prisca about two weeks ago during a daytime, and she told me to go and listen to a sermon that Ron preached during their winter workshop called No Fear, I think it was. And um, I went and listened to, not all of it, because it's a very long sermon, but I got to about 45 minutes of it. And what was profound was just something very simple that he said, but he said, there's only two things that we need to fear. We need to fear judgment day. We need to have a fear of God that we're going to hell, that we will be judged. The secrets of our hearts and our minds will be laid bare, the Bible says. We need to be... We need to work out our, our, our salvation with that fear and trembling that, yes, we will be accountable one day, all of us, whether we believe in God or not. Mm-hmm. The other, second thing he said was, you need a fear that you are going to be deceived by Satan. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so profound for women. Yeah. Because I think that yeah. is deep. For that is where our weakness lies as women. Mm-hmm. I don't think straight. I can easily be deceived, be manipulated, be conned, be seduced by the lies of this world and by the lies of my heart and of my past 
of my education. And we need to work it out with fear and trembling and, and guard our hearts and our minds vigilantly as if we, there was a man standing at our door who had a knife that wanted to slit our throats. That's how much we need to fear that our minds will be led astray. Second Corinthians 11.3 says, I am afraid that just as Eve was deceived, my sisters, by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from what? Your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Satan wants to seduce you to love him and to love the things that he can give you. A really handsome boyfriend with a lot of swag, with a lot of cash, who loves you and adores you. He doesn't necessarily want to have sex with you. He just wants to talk to you. He loves God. He's not a disciple, but he loves God. Satan wants to seduce you. He wants to give you an incredible job. He wants to give you the treasures of the world. An incredible career. Your parents would be fired up. The dream of your dreams. He wants you to work Sundays and Wednesday nights. Friday nights. It's okay. You can just give tithe. The church will be fired up. You can evangelize Europe by your incredible money that you're going to win. Tithe it all. Satan wants to deceive you. Satan wants to take your devotion and put it to his glory, his little kingdom. We are, the Bible says, in the kingdom of darkness. Do not be deceived, my sisters. We live in a world of darkness. The battle rages and we need to fill our minds and understand the minute we're baptized, yes, we get the first principles, but those can be eroded overnight. I've seen it time and again. Forsaking the truths for half-truths of religiosity. They look like disciples. She reads, she prays. She doesn't have sex with a boyfriend. There's nothing wrong with that church. Let's get deep. What does the Bible say about salvation? Does she know? Does she just pray Jesus in her heart and then get baptized at another time? That's not biblical. We've got to stick to the truth with everything we have. Turn with me to Romans 12.2. Do not stray from God's words. Proverbs 19.27. Write this down. Stop listening to instruction, my daughters, and you will stray from the words of knowledge. That's a fact. You stop listening to God's word through discipling, through sermons, through your own quiet times, and you will stray from knowledge. In Romans 12, 2, are you there? The Bible talks about three There's three scriptures in God's word that talks about renewing your mind and because we're using Romans as our uh, theme book for this workshop I'm going to use Romans 12 12 but write down Philippians 4 8 through 9 and say study that out there's eight things in that scripture that you can use to help you renew your mind there's eight points that say 
that we that you that as you, I want you to study it out in your quiet time and find them and figure it out. In Hebrews three one, it also talks about renewing your mind. But we're going to read Romans twelve twelve. Do not conform, my sisters, to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Only when we submit to the scriptures and let us transform our minds, that's the only time we can start to feel radical transformation. The word here, transformed, as I said in the English, is metamorphosis. But the Greek word, too, is metamorpho. Metamorpho, P-H-O-O. Just how you would spell it in English, the last four letters would be P-H-O-O. And it's the same word that we, as I said, use for the metamorphosis of a caterpillar. The word is also the same word that was used to describe Jesus' transformation, or his transfiguration, when his face shone and his garments became white as light. Reference Matthew 17, 2. I really believe that the first thing we need to do to get transformation, transformational discipling is to let God disciple us. Come on, Michelle. And that comes through submitting to his word, as I said. Your face, after a quiet time, should re-radiate and shine because you've been in who what? The very presence of God. We need to make our quiet time sacred and let no distractions and the enemy to deceive us into thinking that we can live without eating God's word daily. My challenge to you today is to make a reboot. Think about any area of your mind that is struggling with unbelief, doubt, or disobedience, and to confess it today and recommit to having sacred quiet times. My second point is life changer. Someone once said, that truth lived out is the best sermon. And this is what I was talking about, imitation. This is why we have one-on-one discipling relationships. Because we can, I can stand up here and speak the truth, but until I live it out, I'm just a gabbing woman, right? You, I have integrity with all of you to influence you by my life example. I can stand here confidently because I believe that my life example exudes a woman who is living her life for Jesus. Falling short, confessing it, and getting up again and trying again. And I pray that that is your hearts today. In Romans 15, 14, a lot of people referred to this last night. We don't need to go there, but the Bible says that we are competent to instruct one another. And our discipling relationships, I believe that we are competent. God believes you are competent. If you're discipling one to four to five to eight people, you are competent. Because you have the word of God, because you have godly counsel, you can get advice. And you can also pray and the Holy Spirit can enlighten you how to disciple someone and help that sister. As I said in, uh, about uh, example in 1 Timothy 4.12, Paul says to Timothy to set an example to believers. Our example is a very powerful sermon. And it's incredible when we definitely reach out to the lost. Yeah. We, are unf- we'll be, we will be unfruitful if our lives do not yes. show Jesus in our lives. Yeah. In Titus 2, we also, uh, Paul also uh, speaks to Titus to remind the women to teach the older women. And that's what we see here in this church. We imitate the scriptures in this church, and that's encouraging. 
But I really want to talk about life changing comes through repentance. And that's something we don't talk about a lot, but it's something we need to really focus on and we want transformational discipling. Interesting, the, the word repent in the New Testament Greek is the word metanoe. And M-E-T-A-N-O-E-O. Hard word to pronounce. It has the same root word as metamorpho. So transformation and repentance are the same root. You will not get radical transformation unless you radically repent. Unless you have a conviction that repentance is radical. Repentance is a change of mind. We spoke about your mind changing earlier, didn't we? In Romans 12, right? 12, 2. In order for us to be incredible disciples, we need to change our minds. And repentance is a change of mind. Another way, it was once described as this. Re, R-E means to go back, to reverse, to rewind, to review in our English. Pent is like the penthouse the top or floor of a building. So repent then means to go back to God's perspective on reality. Right? We talk about it turning the 180 when we describe, or 360. It's turning back. I was really on track to lust after this man. Oh, I just woke up. A sister discipled me. I read God's word. I'm convicted. I need to not keep going. I don't even need to stop. Something happened in my mind that I now need to repent. To turn from a complete heart and mind chain to God. Lust is sin and it leads to death. That is repentance. We need to have that with everything. I've realized one of the biggest areas of unrepentance in my life is evil thoughts. Wicked, evil thoughts. I have evil thoughts about everything. And I wasn't catching it. I need to be (coughs) radically repentant. And it was great. I got with Anita and Renee and they were talking about, he was just talking about this seminar that he went to. and, And one of the things that he learned that he wanted to keep was what it said about repentance. Radical repentance. Radical openness. If you want to change, you've got to be radically open and radically willing to repent and turn the other way. To have the mind of Christ is to say, to, is to see your, your behavior as sin. Mm. When it's sin. Mm. Yes. And to be open to hearing someone correct and instruct you. Are you open to that? Or are you proud? Again, we must make our thinking line up with God's word. I want to just share briefly about a sister that I've seen radical transformation, and that's Michelle Petit. James met her. Deirdre studied with her. I know Sandra and I got to meet her when she first came to church. We went out for a coffee, and I got to hear about her life. Deirdre did most of the studies with her, but one of the things that I loved about Michelle was she sought godly counsel. She constantly went and saw areas of her life that needed to be repented of. And she didn't know how to do it. And she would come to Michael and I because there was things in our past that we could help her with because there was areas of her life that she was struggling with. And she would come over. She worked long hours, seven, five days a week, 40 plus hours. She would come over and sometimes one night she stayed the night because it was so late. 
just writing notes and, and, and she would share even before she came. She would take time to write an email all the points that she wanted to discuss about her life that she needed help with. And then we would discuss it and we would provide scripture and we would urge and encourage her to change and repent. She was in a very, very dysfunctional relationship with her son. She had been living in her house for over 20 plus years in a lifestyle that was not, that was, tra- she wasn't taking drugs or alcohol, but she was trapped. Mm-hmm. She was trapped. She, she didn't see a way out. She was not set free. She was enslaved to fear, the fear of change. And it was through God's word she became a disciple and she, she made radical repentance. She actually broke off that, that, that relationship with her son that was dysfunctional and she ended up moving out of that house and I believe that was the step and the key to her where she is today Amen. radical repentance she went after counseling she obeyed the counseling she, and I think Megan so, so, so well she helped us understand that even in her own life she gave you guys another example of a woman that that radically repented, that sought advice, that her mind was deceived. She thought this brother was the be-all and end-all to her life. But she, her mind repented. It turned and she was able to accept the truth. And that is when God will work powerfully. If you are stuck today and you you need transformation or radical change in your life, I would say you need to seek advice. Many advisors make us victorious. Don't just go to your disciple. You have a plethora of women in this room, the least to the greatest, the youngest to the oldest, to get advice. And I pray that you would really go after it because today our sister Michelle is dating, yes, but she is going to Stockholm, Sweden. She has that stronghold of fear is now the world has opened to her life because she took that step of faith. Take that step of faith today. Amen? Amen. Last point, world changer. It's not enough to be transformed, but we must also multiply. And as I said, that beautiful story, that vision that we started with, that butterfly needs to hone in on all of these flowers of Europe. And seeds need to be sown. More and more women need to raise up, grasp the dream of evangelism, first grasping the reality of transformation. When we're transformed, we will and desire to transform the world. 2 Timothy 2.2, let's turn there. We see the concept of multiplication, which we're going to hear about today. But briefly, we see in this scripture the vision of God of transformational discipling. In verse 2, And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Paul um, exhorted Timothy to disciple people that would disciple people, that would disciple people, right? Transformation doesn't stop at me. It doesn't stop just at Maria, who do I disciple? 
prayerfully that transformation can go from all, not just around our church, but around the world. Amen? Amen? We see four generations of discipling here. We see Paul discipling Timothy. We see Timothy entrusting it to reliable people, discipling them. These reliable people entrusting it to others. Our discipling needs to go into the ends of the world. We need to be focused and committed on a few. The people we disciple, I think last night there were so many great tips that we can take from the women to to focus on the women that we have and to make them great. To be less and to make them great. That's my goal this year. Every woman I disciple, I want them to be women's ministry leaders and to take on the world and do more than I ever could do. I have the, the honor of discipling some of the most incredible women. I wish I could be in all your lives. Because I love discipling because what it does, it opens my eyes to the miracles of God. Do you see discipling that way? Or do you see it as a chore? Change your thinking. It's such an incredible opportunity to see God's word grow and flourish in people's lives and to change the world. You know, God's ministry method has always been down through the ages for us to work with the few so that we can reach many. I love the scripture in Isaiah 60, 22, and I pray that we would really really believe it it says the least of you will become a thousand the smallest a mighty nation we started with 10 on the mission team five years ago and i truly believe with all my heart that we are going to evangelize europe in our generation that our eyes will see the glory of our father and i pray that god will change your mind that your discipling relationships would change your life yes. and that your life will change the world. Amen. We would like to thank you for listening to that episode of the podcast. If you would like video versions of these episodes, whether it's sermon highlights or interviews, feel free to check us out on our website or view them on our YouTube channel. That's londonchurch.org.uk That's L-O-N-D-O-N-C-H-U-R-C-H dot org dot uk And for all other updates and information, whether it's services, events or devotionals, you can find all that on our website also. Once again, we'd like to thank you for listening and we'll catch you on the next one. Mm-hmm.